This is a Life School Podcast, episode number 116. Today, we're going to talk about whether or not you're wasting your time developing the wrong people and leaders in your life. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Welcome to Life School, where each week you're going to learn how to live with greater intentionality as well as an integrated faith in absolutely every area of your life. We like to say that this is the stuff your parents, your teachers, and your pastors forgot to tell you about. I'm Heath Hollinsby. I'm here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Caesar. Keith, how you doing, my brother? Good, man. You ready for 116? I, I am, and I have to say, I don't know where people are listening in from today, but the weather here in the Pacific Northwest has finally showed up. It's incredible. Right? It's, <laughs> yeah. It supposedly has been the rainiest year in Washington history or something. Yep. And I know a lot of people going, see, I knew it, Seattle. It's just a lot. Of what, yeah, but it isn't normally this way. Yeah. But man, oh man, when it gets nice, it is really nice here. Yeah, well, I just read, uh, or my wife showed me this thing on the on Facebook the other day that said we've just broken the first temperature over 70 degrees in over 170 days. So it's kind of, I've got a little bit, of, I was out gardening one day and I've got yeah, a you nice look tan. It, you look like you got a little tan action. A little, little bronze. Set up for the, a little bronze for the year. Nice. <laughs> hey, so today we're going to talk about um, how to determine the people that we should be developing in our lives and why we should be investing into leaders. You have any quick thoughts on that before we get going? Well, yeah, this is uh, this is something near and dear to my heart as a leader, but also someone who has built teams and you know planted churches and run a lot of different companies, which requires us to build teams. Um, it is pretty easy to get lost in the weeds of giving your time to, you know, like the wrong people, like sure. people that are either just whining about everything or they're you know the people that are in the wayback machine. They just want to take you back to the way everything used to be or something like that. Yeah. They can't see the future, um, or you just got people that just purely um they're just not really teachable you know they're not leaning in sure and it's it's really easy especially if you love people and i hope we all do uh it's easy to get kind of sucked into giving all of your best time to people that aren't actually going to produce fruit in the vineyard so to speak so this i think is a super important topic for you know if you're uh running a business if yep. you're at a church and you're in charge of like you know any kind of level of volunteers and you're building out people and trying to build out teams if you lead at a church uh, if you're involved in ministry, if you're a church planner, oh my goodness, this is super important. So I, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people might write, want to want to tune out like, no, nah, I don't have to develop any leaders. It's like, well, maybe not, <laughs> Yeah. but chances are, yes, you do actually. So anyway, Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about it. So right off the bat, it does sound, um, if you're prone to find negativity quickly, <laughs> the concept of developing the right people uh, sounds a little bit shrewd. Um, okay. Are there really people in your life that God might not want you wasting your time with? Yeah. Or even the concept wasting your time. Like, right. And I know like all the really shepherdy, super nice people listening to the podcast today, they're like, wow, this sounds right away hard. <laughs> they're so, picking up their stones. Yeah, they're picking up their stones. <laughs> okay. So I want to say it's like, well, wasting your time with people does sound pretty shrewd. I'd like to flip that around actually and say, who are the people that you should be investing time in? that will actually be a good stewardship of your time resources, and it'll be good kingdom investment. Hmm. And I want to point out that what I'm suggesting here is connected to leadership development, which is actually deeper level discipleship. That's really what that is. So I'm not talking about uh, who should you hang out with or be friends with, or should you rank people or rate people. I'm saying is when you look at trying to multiply yourself, develop yeah. yourself so that others can do what you do, and see multiplication happen either in community or in ministry life or even build out teams in business, whatever. 
who are those people that you should be developing? Yeah, so it, this it, episode is for everybody then, because it's not just businessmen trying to figure out who to employ the next. We're all called to disciple making. Exactly. And leadership development, like I'm sure you know, people have heard me say many times, is just discipleship further up the slope, mm-hmm. right? And so how do you know then who do you take further? And that's what we want to talk about today. So um, in one of your past teachings that actually spurred this conversation on, uh, you had mentioned this concept of the crop versus the yeast, uh, and I thought that was super helpful when thinking through uh, leadership development or even discipleship making. Can you speak and maybe unpack that concept a little bit for those who would be unfamiliar with it? Yeah, crop versus yeast. Awesome. Yeah, I, what I want to say is that um, often when, let's just, I'll give an example of like in a missional community or in, in a maybe a, a setting where you're developing people, okay? Right. Like, so let's say community. Um, we love people, and so what we're trying to do is trying to raise up a crop of people, meaning like we're looking across our field mm-hmm. and... We're noticing, you know, that it's all full of these shoots, you know, the crop is growing and we want to see everybody get there. We want to see everybody develop to their fullness and we want to just see everybody, you know, develop and mature, right? Sure. It sounds great. But the truth is, as we look across our field, um, our crop, we we notice that some people aren't growing as fast as others. Hmm. They're not as mature. They don't have the same level of capacity uh, or intentionality. They're not really leaning into being developed. They're kind of okay where they're at. Yep. And we love those people. But there is a difference, just being really, really honest. And so I want to say, let's, instead of trying to figure out a, a way to have like a one-size-fits-all, raise up the crop, let me, let, let's flip the metaphor to looking for yeast that could be in the dough instead. So like if you look at your crop, you're going to notice there's out of, you know, let's say 100 people or 10 people, whatever, there's some percentage, a small percentage of people that are really fast growing shoots. Sure. Let's consider them yeast. And what if we gave our best time to them okay. from a leadership standpoint, not how much we love them, you know, sure. but we gave them the best part of our leadership time. And it's an increased time over and above what we do with everybody else. Yeah. But we, we, we see them as yeast to be developed and then put back into the dough of community, which then further yeasts and grows the whole thing. Yeah, so, keeps expanding. So instead of looking at how do we raise a crop and get like everybody in our church or everybody in our department or whatever to kind of move at the same pace, because everybody's the leader, not everybody's the same type of leader. I want to say, let's flip that and look for the yeasty people. Because here's the thing too, Heath. Those people, and you think about them in your own life right now. Yeah, now there's already a the couple church. in my head, yeah. Think about those people that are leaning in. Mm-hmm. like. Like, I mean, you know, you say, hey, I want you to read this book, and then I want to talk about it. And they read the book, and they come back to you with notes, right? Yeah. Or when you say, hey, could you give me a hand with this on Saturday? Like, yeah, what time? One o'clock, great. They're there, and they don't, they're not trying to skate out and get out of it or leave early, you know? Sure. Like, there's those, some people that just lean in, their yes is a yes, and you can count on them. They're actually a pleasure to lead. Hmm. They're a pleasure to spend time with and develop, because you can see the return on your investment. And, and if that sounds true to people, like, go check out what Jesus said about investment, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> this is the kingdom, and we, we are called to steward all things, and that includes our time and our best efforts. And so those people are a pleasure to lead. And here's another thing to keep in mind. I've seen it happen where, you know, trying to make sure that no one gets left behind, we're going to raise a crop, we're going to move at the speed of sort of the slowest growing shoots in our crop. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, what happens is we end up kind of giving the whole process, a haircut down to the slowest growing shoots. Mm-hmm. And now we're not really moving. We're not really out on mission. We're not really maturing. We're not really going much deeper into our knowledge of the gospel and the word and how the kingdom functions. And so 
in trying to quote love everybody, you actually just slowed the whole thing down to those people that probably aren't going to get there anyway. Yeah. And then those few yeasty people, those faster growing shoots, they're kind of asking like, what's going on? Is this, is this all there is? Is this sure. what I signed up for? I thought we were going to change the world together. Yeah. And so then they actually, they go, they'll go looking, they'll find the adventure. You know what I mean? They'll yep. find the cause worth giving their life to. And so you think you're actually loving people by giving everything a hair, you know, cutting your crop down to the slowest going shoots and, and kind of teaching or developing at their pace. Yeah. But in fact, what you're not, you're actually losing those strongest, most faithful leaders. And, then you don't have them to be back in the dough to help raise up the balance. You know what I mean? Yep. So, yeah. Dude, you're right. It reminds me of uh, back in episode 113 with Peyton Jones when he was talking about kind of the adventurous church leader. And you're absolutely right. There's a time where people that have the tenacity and are excited and want to buy into something, they're done with waiting. They're done with people dragging their heels. Yep. Now's the time. I thought you were the one that was going to lead us there, develop yeah. us. Let's go. Yeah, it should be an adventure. Okay, so um, let me stop you there and ask a question that kind of is in the back of my head. If I wanted to find something maybe negative out of what you're saying, I probably could assume, like, what about the folks that are... Why are you negative? What? What's the... <laughs> I'm always negative. What about the folks that are maybe on a different journey, like someone who might be new to the faith or not totally bought in or maybe just slower to mature, slower to develop? I can imagine that to some of the listeners, you might be suggesting that we're sort of supposed to ditch them and maybe go for the gold or go for the the cream of the crop. Uh, what would you say to that sort of objection? I guess I kind of already tipped my hand there, Heath. You know, that, that you know, first off, let me just repeat it. So here's it. We want to love and value all people the same. Okay, Jesus taught that, like, don't be a respecter of, you know, people's abilities or their money or, you know, right? And, yep. and so we're going to love all people the same. Everyone's an image bearer and they're deserving of love and our time and, and respect. This is a leadership paradigm and perspective that I'm speaking to here. And I've actually found, I kind of said this already, I've found time and again that the best way to truly love and care for the most amount of people in your church or in your community or even at work for that matter is not to spread yourself thinner and thinner and thinner where everyone gets this little dribble of your time and attention, but it's to pour into those yeasty folks that will then in turn lead and develop others within the community. That's good. Right? Yeah. And I know, you know, in my busiest of times when my leadership was probably rated at its worst, part of what was going on is I had not developed those yeasty people to, to the point of actually helping carry the load hmm. of developing others to maturity. And people started feeling like, you know, I'm getting like one one thousandth of your attention and your affection today. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Because actually, if I did the math, it's probably like half that. <laughs> you know, like, There's just too much. I can't spread myself any thinner. And so sure. you're coming up to me with an actual need or concern or idea or whatever. And I'm having to deal with you in the one one thousandths of my attention and affection time I have. Yeah. And so it's not really loving people just to keep spreading ourselves thinner and thinner. And so I know like a lot of people are listening who are like working at a church and they say, that's my whole life. Yep. And I'm telling you, this is the solution, is to flip the metaphor. Don't try to raise a crop and be all things to all men in that sense. Yeah. Look for the yeasty people, those faster growing shoots, and give your best time to them, and they will actually yeast the rest of the dough along with you. And that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna love and bless the most people. So I don't hmm. think it's I don't think it's less loving. In fact, I think it's way more loving. Well, and I think when you tie it into uh even the way that Jesus uh, modeled his ministry philosophy. Um, yep. We could say that he made himself available to everybody, but it's just not true. I mean, 
he was always open. He was always teaching people, but he really did have his his tribe of twelve and even closer circle. The 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 three uh, that got to spend the most time with him, and then even the one, yeah, the even the one, and <laughs> old John there. Yeah. So it seems that um, Jesus actually was maybe more concerned with developing the smaller groups, uh, and then sending that yeast out, kind of like you've been talking about. Do you think that pragmatically this approach is still the best way of doing things in our twenty first century? busy context. Yeah, well, I have to say yes, because if Jesus did it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, timeless. I, I still, I do think it is, for kind of all the reasons stated, you know. And and I like to remind people that Jesus preached to the crowds, mm-hmm. right? So, it, but we don't see that that often. We see like Sermon on the Mount. Sure. A couple other times it's referenced, there was a whole lot of people hanging around. So we yeah. know he did that. He preached to the crowds. But he taught those that would show up consistently and listen. And that, that kind of, you know, we have that number of maybe 120 people that were kind of around all the time. Sure. But then we see that he gave the bulk of his time to just a dozen men. Hmm. And like you said, even, even like a finer tuning down to three that he really gave quality time to. Sure. He developed and discipled them in such a way that he could see them in action, answer their questions, and all of that while they were doing life together. And then he sent out this maturing yeast to affect and transform the rest of the world. And you know what? It worked. Because <laughs> we're living proof today that Jesus' method and his focus on the fewer that in turn developed the next and on and on worked. I mean, otherwise yeah. we wouldn't be here as disciples of Jesus. Yeah. Like if it would have been like, well, that can't possibly work. That's not enough people. He should have developed the, you know, the 3,000 or the 5,000 that he fed. It's like, would never have happened. He'd have been spread too thin. It wouldn't happen. So yeah. Jesus focused on that dozen and he sent them out to transform the world. And here it is multiple layers and generations and thousands of years later. And it worked. And it still works. I really, I think it still works today. And it seems so counter, Heath, to some of our hearts. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just so much need. It's so much need. Remember, we're not talking about loving people well. We're, well, well kind of we are. We're, we're talking about developing leaders. Mm-hmm. But if you want to love everybody well, develop more leaders. Jesus said we're going to get to do everything he did and greater things. Yeah. What are the greater things? By multiplying out more and more disciples, then more and more people get to hear the good news. They get developed to maturity. They get the gospel applied to all of life. Mm-hmm. And there's no way I can do that. I can't apply the gospel to like zillions of people's lives. I can't disciple that many people, truly, yeah. deep to maturity in their life. If I really want to have a bigger impact, do the greater works, it has to be developing a few to fuller maturity that who then can do the same thing. Yeah. So what would you say... Um... Because I think if you were to look at the typical American church, we've got it somehow reversed uh, based off this model. Because now we've got um, a lot of... Even as a goal sometimes, let's just get a ton of people in here. Yeah, absolutely. Or you so look at like... develop the, them up. <laughs> or you look at like a, uh, you know, a Christmas program at a big church and it's like, no, the, the goal of the staff is to get people here so that the pastor can say the, the words that, that do the ultimate work. And we've actually designed so many of our modern-day churches to, to be under the leadership of one person. You're seeing church planners burn out because of it, because of the weight of trying to develop hundreds of people yeah. isn't working. So how does this paradigm shift the way that we develop leaders and the models that we currently have in the typical American church when you're looking at different types of small group methods or discipleship methods? What would you say to that? Well, I think it's, yeah, I that's exactly what I've experienced, and I help build and propagate for years. It's sort of the one-size-fits-all approach. Mm. And yeah, not super effective. Um, It seems that most leaders are looking for resources or programs that their entire church or business or department can engage in. Sure. That's what they're looking for, you know? And we develop all kinds of different resources, right, in our ministry, you know, Mm. through Life School and through just, you know, my own 
Caesar Kalinowski stuff. But, um, and, and so often they're like, oh, we love this, but there's no way I can do this with everybody at our church. And I'm like, well, why is that? They're like, well, because they're not all mature enough for that. Bingo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you know what they always, their, their solution always is? What's that? I'll go with something a little dumbed down so that everybody can kind of tag along. I'm like, yeah, but what about the mature people? They don't need 101. They don't... Well, it goes back to what you were saying at the beginning of the episode, exactly, right? You start losing right? those guys. And so that's what they're looking for. They're looking for something that everybody can engage in, and they do it a lot. Um, but they rarely have sort of deep dive leadership development worked out for key yeasty leaders who, who can then reproduce everything and make more and more disciples and see new gospel-centered communities formed. Hmm. Uh, there again, let's take this into a business model. I need... I need to work on something that's going to develop everybody in my company around feeling more like a community or customer service. Yeah. yeah, but some people just aren't given to it. Some people aren't given to those types of conversations. They're not natural storytellers. They're not, you know. Sure. What if you found those yeasty people in your company and you said, you know what, I'm going to go deep with them and I'm going to get them some story brand training and I'm going to, you know, I'm going yeah. to develop them. And by the way they talk and share stories, the whole culture of our, our business will change. Yeah, everybody buys in. Everybody yeah. gets it. But no, what I'll do is I'll get something where everybody can feel like, yeah, we did it, and I did a little team-building weekend, and it was really nothing big or deep changed. Hmm. Go change five or six key people who are influencers in your in your community or in your company. Yep. You'll change the whole culture. It just, right? I That's think everybody great. can see that. So, again, you know, preach to the crowds. Teach those who will show up for that. But then look for the yeast in the dough that will then, in turn, lead and disciple others. That's great, man. Well, we... uh. We always do the three takeaways from the from this week, the big three we call it, yep. and uh, that's the way we typically end the show by trying to give away some things that people right now can walk away with. Um, and if you're new to the show, or if you might have forgotten from last week, or you're not able to take all the notes down right now, uh, we've taken those notes for you, and you can get it for free uh, by going to one two three lifeschool dot com forward slash episode one sixteen, and uh, it'll immediately be there for you. Caesar, what would you say the big three are for? this week that we could take away with tangibly right now. Okay. I really hope that folks will download this because this is, these are packed. These three are packed. And in addition, I want to go ahead and I'm going to add uh, a, a, an e-guide that I've created called Who Are Your Next Leaders? And this guide will help identify who specifically you want to look for when developing leaders in your you know world, in your community or in your business or church or whatever. Okay. So here's the big three. Okay. First, shift your metaphor from trying to raise a crop of people that all grow at the same pace and in the same manner, okay, to that of looking for those yeasty people in the dough. Hmm. Focusing on the leaders who are truly leaning into you, it's going to be a pleasure, and you will net much greater fruit and maturity in the future than that one-size-fits-all approach of crop dusting. Hmm. Okay? That's great. All right. Second, uh, take an hour, like right now if you can, or you know, put it in your calendar or when you get home or tomorrow morning before things get too heated. Take an hour, sit, pray. And think about all the different people that you spend time with in any given day or week. And then ask yourself, which of these people are a drain on your energy, producing you know, little fruit or growth? And who are those that are eager to learn and grow and lead others? Hmm. Okay. And then make a list of, I don't know, it just depends on you know, the size of your community or ministry or business. Make a list of three to 10 people that you think are the next yeast in the dough people in your church or community. Okay, just actually put their names on the sheet then. So that takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Remember, like I said, Jesus, you know, he preached to a whole lot of people and he had 120 or so that hung around and were taught. But then when he tried to decide who were the 12, he went and he asked dad. 
Yeah. Right. He said, father, who, who are the ones? It was an intentional. Yeah. Right. He asked, so I'm saying, Hey, do that. <laughs> Cause sometimes I'm, t- I'm not kidding. I'm had it happen. Surprisingly, the spirit will say this person or couple. And you're like, I never would have thought of them. So hmm. They're faithful. I'm, I got my hand on them. Call them up. Right. So anyway, That's make great. the list. And then number three, contact these easty people in the next two weeks. Like calendar to do that. Maybe you can do it sooner, but don't let it go further. You'll forget. Hmm. Hopefully face to face. And then let them know that you see them this way. Hmm. Like I, I see you as someone who's leaning in and, and that, that wants to be developed further. So encouraging. Right? Yeah. That's going to super encourage them. And explain that you want to raise the bar of challenge for them and their discipleship and leadership development within the organization, hmm. or whatever that would be. Then commit to spending new quality time investing in them. And think of it this way, like I have to invest in their head, their heart, and their hands through different training and experiences. Having a leadership development method would be a key step at this point. Can't just do it sort of serendipitously. You really need to have a leadership development sort of program or process for those yeasty people in place. Hmm. Now, and like I said, in addition to this week's big three, we'll go ahead and we'll add to that, that you know, when we send you that, we'll add who are, who are your next leaders, that e-guide. And that'll help you know, like, okay, as I'm praying and sitting, like, let me pray through this too. Who are those people? And it'll save you a lot of problems <laughs> yeah. and, it'll, and it'll really grease the skids for you there. That's great, man. And then talk about a launch, maybe. Yeah. Because it so, ties in perfectly. Yeah. So additionally, um, our team, uh, we offer step-by-step method of developing leaders so they know how to actually make disciples who make disciples and then start new missional communities. It's called Launch. Hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and, and, and put information for, you know, in the show notes for how you and your key leaders could get involved with me personally training them, okay? Yeah. And give them a reproducible method for, you know, developing their next level of leaders and seeing all kinds of multiplication happen. Dude, that is so helpful. It's a ton to take in in such a short amount of time, right? <laughs> Packed episode. Yeah. And unfortunately, our time is up. But we'd like to thank everybody for joining us. I think it was a beneficial concept. I even think there's a some sort of marketing in this yeasty people kind of campaign. You know? Yeah, when I've taught this in the past, you know, like yeah. that, that, that term sticks. Yeah. Like my yeasty people. You know? <laughs> yeah. Remember, to get your free download of this week's Big Three Takeaways, and you're going to want them, you can go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash episode 116. And we're going to email that out to you immediately. Uh, If you're enjoying the content from this podcast, um, we'd like to encourage you to head to iTunes and do a couple things for us. One, if you'd subscribe to the podcast, you'll get up every Monday morning and there'll be a new notification that there's a fresh uh, podcast there for you. You won't miss an episode. Yeah. (laughs) Like you're just waiting every Monday. Can't wait. (laughs) Waiting for the alert. I hope so. Number two, if you rate the show uh, with lots of stars, that's super helpful for us. And if you wouldn't mind writing up a short review for us, it not only encourages us, but it also helps us um, get the podcast out to many more people each week. Uh, and then th- the other thing that's growing. Yeah, that's, this is getting fun, huh? Yeah, it's really fun. Face- the, uh, our Facebook group, yeah. The Life School podcast. Um, what you need to do, you need to go to facebook.com. Up in the search bar, if you just search for Life School podcast, let us know you want to join. We're going to prove you. And there's a lot of conversation. Every week we go a little bit deeper, stuff we can't get to on the podcast. That's where we open it up to questions. And you and I are on there yeah, trying to engage. Yeah, that's starting to percolate up a little bit and for those of you listening who have joined the group like really i want to invite your comments and stir things up a bit and it's safe it's cool we have a no knuckleheads policy so if someone starts you know jerking out you know becoming jerky we'll we'll kick Kick you out out. but (laughs) so but that doesn't mean we can't disagree and learn right that's the goal it's life school we want to learn how to apply the good news 
and live intentionally in every area of life. So that's a place where we get to interact. You're listening to this now, this is recorded, but we go there and Heath and I are online like all day. Yep. It's pretty immediate. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Ding, and we get there. We'll answer you and, and join in with you. So, I hope, yeah, so you, I hope you do that. You get that again by uh, just searching for Life School Podcast on Facebook. Next week, we're going to be talking about the importance of daddies dating their daughters and why as parents, this is one of the most powerful things you can actually do. We're going to hear some stories from from you, Caesar, and how that's worked in your past. I've got a new daughter who's... Man, you're going to love this. You're going to want to get started dating your daughter. I hope everyone will join us for that, all right? And again, thank you for listening this week. For more information and free resources, visit 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. 